Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Sister Paige, can you help us with that? You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on the stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. I, I, we're going to come back to that. Uh, what I want us to look at this morning is speaking and walking in Christ. Speaking and walking in Christ. Speaking having to do with what you say, having to do with words. And walking having to do with your life and how you behave, how you relate to people. One of the dangers in life is to present half-truth as truth. I don't think that anybody in here will say I'm lying if I tell you that I am a doctor. Amen? Amen. Of course, if I say I is a doctor, you may question it. <laughs> but if I tell you that I am a doctor... You will probably want me to explain a little bit more. Because for me to tell you that I am a doctor is not a lie. Because I have an earned doctorate from an accredited school. And I earned it. I didn't send out to some school somewhere in Florida. You know, doing absolutely nothing. Before I got to that doctorate, I had to have, I earned another degree. A prerequisite for getting into the doctoral program. Not only do I have to get the degree, but I have to get a minimum GPA to qualify for the doctoral program. So I'm telling you I am a doctor, so I'm not lying to you. When I used to have an office here, yeah, when you get into my office, you will see my diplomas on the wall to tell you I'm not cuckoo. But if I were just to meet you for the first time and introduce you and introduce myself to you and say, I am Dr. So-and-so. If I don't have this on, you'll be wondering, maybe I need to talk to him about my gout or I need to talk to him about my, you know, stomach ache. Or I need to talk to him about my ulcer. Which means I really did not properly introduce myself. I gave you half of it. Because everybody that's called doctor ain't doctor. Amen? Amen. Now, I'm a doctor if you have spiritual problems. I'm a doctor if you have theological problems. I'm a doctor if you have educational problems. 
But if you have a migraine headache and you come into my office, I'll pray for you. <laughs> but it may not be the complete truth. When you just say something and you don't go all the way to explain exactly what you mean. And that is why I want to talk to you this morning. When some of us say, all I have to do is just be a good Christian. All I have to do is just treat everybody right. All I have to do is just live a good life and a presentable life and people will just come to Christ. It is half truth. And sometimes it can be worse than lying. Are you still with me? Okay, I don't want to put I don't want to put you to sleep now. So this is why it's important for us to look at this. The Bible talks about the two. The Bible talks about your life being so important that you can touch people. The Bible also talks about something else which we're going to talk about later on. Jeremy will lead us in studying that. But the first thing is that your life, how you live your life is very important. In fact, Jesus said it in the passage that Sister Paige read us, Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through uh, 16. And it tells us that you are salt and you are life. So the point is this. Your life is not a substitute for your words. Your life is very important, but it is not a substitute for your words. The Bible says you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You're the salt of the earth. And I want you to pay special attention to this. The Bible does not anywhere say if you live a good life, people will come to Christ. If anybody tells you that they're liars, listen to this. It says, you are the salt of the earth. How many of you like salt in your food? Amen. <laughs> Some people just didn't even raise their hand. They just say, oh, yeah, yeah. How many of you don't like salt at all? You just like to eat it plain. Nobody. Oh, okay. How many of you have ever tasted your food and it's not good enough when you put a little bit salt in it and you stir it and then you eat it and then you say, ooh, this salt tastes good. Isn't it amazing? The salt that just made it taste good is totally forgotten. Now the food tastes good. That is what the Bible is trying to tell us. If you are the salt of the earth, you bring glory to God because of the way you make the world taste. You don't bring glory to yourself. If you're the salt, you're out of the picture. God is now seen. If you're the salt, you're out of the picture. And the church that you go to is now seen as a church where to go and grow. We're the salt of the earth. If we are the salt of the earth, we need to practice that so that our lives will show that God is in us. Amen? 
that means that if you're the salt of the earth and you're driving on Highway 101 and somebody cut across you, you keep your fingers in your pocket. <laughs> well, maybe one on the wheel. So you don't get tempted to use sign language. You are a Christian, which means that now your life is so different that you become salt and you make the world taste good. It doesn't matter what they're doing to you, Tenille. You are the salt of the earth. Don't lose your saltiness by being diluted by the things of the world. So it's really important what you do. It's really important what you do now as a Christian because the Bible says if any man is in Christ Jesus, he becomes what? A new creature. You speak a totally different language. You walk a totally different way. You speak differently because God is now in your life. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm glad some of you didn't know me before Christ came into my life. Some of you will never forgive me. If you had known me, you know how people never let you live? They say, ah. Yes. You all know my mother came to Christ when she got here. Amen. Amen. And she was still thinking she could teach me a thing or two. Because I could still see some of the marks she left on my body. But it's important that people around you can tell something is different in you. Something has happened to you. Something has happened to you. And the glory goes to God. You don't, you don't attract people to yourself. But you attract people to God. Your life is very important. Your life gives power to your words. About 20 years ago or so, uh, Bishop Desmond Tutu received the Nobel Peace Prize. It may have been less than that, but somewhere around there. And he came to Marin City. And I shook his hand. I was on the stage with him. His hands so soft. His voice not as loud as mine. But when he started speaking, you could hear a pin drop. It wasn't because he had maybe better words than you and I, but it was because now he has received probably one of the greatest awards in the world, the Nobel Peace Prize, and people say, he is somebody, you better listen to him. His life influenced and gave power to his words. If sometimes you're wondering why people are not listening to you, Look at your life. Your life is so loud they can't hear what you're saying. You are the salt of the world and you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it on a bushel but on a candlestick so that it gives light to all in the house. If you've never been in a place that is really dark, I will invite you to come on a trip with me to the village of Atlanta. 
in the Republic of Benin, West Africa. Yes. Oh, you've been there before? You will go? All right. Praise the Lord. Okay. Okay. Good. We, we'll be going pretty soon. Now, the point is this, that when, we, when you're in the village, some of you that went, raise your hand, raise your hand. You know, if you're in the village and you light a candle, some of, you know, some of us are so spoiled. <laughs> Marine City, you hear people talk, that's all they talk about, right? Uh, Felicia, every week if there is a, a light power out, outage in Marine City, Oh my Lord, it's just like somebody just died. <laughs> well, you would grow to appreciate candles, flashlights. Amen. A flashlight, you really need the flashlight because you don't know where you're going. A lot of things. Some things that were put there by human beings. And, and some snakes that are just minding their own business, you better not step on them. So you got to look. In fact, we, when you go to the book of Ephesians, not only are we called the light of the world, but in Ephesians, we are told that everyone that accepts Christ becomes light. You have no choice about it. You have no choice at all. If you're still in darkness, it's probably because you have not given your life to Christ. And Rochelle read for us from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, that tells us that even when we minister to you, when Paul ministered to the Corinthian Christians, he expected that the life of the Corinthian Christians become a testimony that indeed they have received the word of God. Amen? Now, let me, let me tell you this. And I don't, want to, I don't want to make anybody feel bad. But it's really amazing sometimes I talk to some parents. Their kids are in trouble. And they say, I, I did my best. I don't know how. And I'm saying to myself, that's half truth. You don't know how. Sometimes we're spoiling them. Amen. Yeah, when they send them out of school and they come home, they're under punishment, but they're outside riding their bike. Isn't that strange? <laughs> they just sent your son out of school and you allow them to come home, get on the bike, go around Marine City riding bike during school hours. Say, I don't know what happened to him. The teacher sent your child home or discipline, and you go out there in the classroom in front of everybody cussing the teacher out. Lord God, and then you tell them you're a Christian. If I wasn't, I, there was a movie I saw, this, the lady said, if I wasn't a Christian woman, <laughs> our life is important. What we do with our life is important. How we bring up our kids uh, is important. How we train our children is important. But what I want to emphasize to you this morning is that it is half truth. You can live a good Christian life. Remember, we're talking about each one, reach one for Christ. 
You can live your life. You can have a good neighbor. You know, you can have a neighbor for 10 years and they can die and go to hell and their blood will be on your head. Because you're deceiving yourself. Well, I just have to live my life as a Christian. Wrong. Jeremy, help us out. Yes, Romans 10, 13, beginning with 13 and ending with 17. For, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Amen. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. How many of you think your words are not important? What you say. If you think your words are not important, turn to your neighbor and say, you stink. Your word is very important. It's very important. I remember when I first got married. I thought I was doing a good job. It's a great husband. Wonderful father. Committed minister. And I got one day, my wife just got this idea. Yeah, just one day. said, why, why don't you tell me you love me? I said, you don't believe I love you? I do all these wonderful things. I wash dishes. I do laundry. I never allow her to iron her own clothes. I iron them for her. She said, yeah, but I need to hear it. I said, well, you know my African culture. <laughs> she looked at me and said, you're no longer in Africa. amazing that even people who knew Jesus, who knew he was a healer, he was a teacher, he was a moral man, and everything, would still go to him and said, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? It doesn't matter how good you think you are. It doesn't matter how moral you think you are. It doesn't matter how perfect you even think you are. You cannot win a fly to Jesus with your mouth closed. Now what Jeremy just read us from 13 through 17 was based on what Paul said earlier on. In chapter 10 verses 9 and 10. And it says if thou shalt confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and you're justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and you're saved. Amen. 
can't even be saved until you say it. Some people just think they can slide to heaven. Listen to the broadcast today. In Isaiah 55 verse 11, it says, So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. That's God talking. He said, there's absolutely no word of his that will go out without accomplishing that which it is sent out for. So use the word of God. If you want somebody to be saved, if you want your husband to be saved, if you want your wife to be saved, if you want your boyfriend to be saved, if you want your children to be saved, you have to tell them the gospel. Many of us don't know how to say, say it. We don't know how to tell it. And we don't care. Amen. I started a class in evangelism. When I started, I had about 24. We're down to 12. Amen. Amen. We, we just have a way of everything else having priority over God. I know you're quiet now. You know I'm preaching. You know I'm preaching now. You know, some of us, we don't even have time to come to church for evangelism class. Yet, we don't know how to tell the good news. That tells you what our priority is. When was the last time you witnessed to somebody about Jesus? Amen. It's been longer than a month. You need to be in the class. Amen, lights. I'm by myself right now. You know, after service, I'm going to hurry out and escape your stones. Amen. Many of us, we can memorize 20 phone numbers. But when it comes to the Roman road, Pastor, it's just too difficult for us. <laughs> Amen? Amen? And they can sing all verses of uh, Pendergrass song. <laughs> Amen? No problem at all. <laughs> Amen? Usually what he says, baby, baby, I love you. <laughs> you have it down. I mean, but it's so difficult. Romans 3.10, there is none righteous. No, not all. Oh, that is so difficult. Can't remember it. And many of us don't even plan to talk. Amen? You know, uh, when I was, when I was uh, checking out Frida, that was a while ago. Amen. Before Shola came. <laughs> Shola, you can close your ears and you don't want to hear this. <laughs> but you know, you know what? I can stand out there on Drake Avenue and I can see the car that was a black Mustang. Classic. Since somebody's classic junkyard now, probably. But, <laughs> but I mean, that was a nice. I wasn't looking at the car. <laughs> 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 I 
And you know, I could have looked and looked and looked and keep diaries and never say a word and Shola won't be here. <laughs> it's amazing how we just think, oh yeah, you know, they're going to come. How can they hear without a preacher? And when he said, go ye into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, you think he's just talking to Emmanuel? You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. You think he's just talking to Arthur? No. Okay, very soon, after May, we're going we're gonna to have a month break and then we're going to have another evangelism class. I'm going to see how many of you listen to my message today. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We have to plan it. We have to plan it. We have to plan to do it. You know, I there was a day that I said, no, nah, I got to do something. Don't stalk her, go wherever she goes and everything like that. I may end up in jail. Okay. But, but you got to plan something. <laughs> Nike said, just do it. Okay, so you got to, but in order to do it, though, you got to plan it. And failure to plan is a plan to fail. So as a church, we have to plan. We have to plan it. We have to, you know, you, you, you keep waiting for an open door, an open window, and you learn how to get in there and share Christ with them. I know, I know a lot of my students get mad at me. Don't, you know, I, I'm used to that. In fact, they used to hate me at Golden Gate Seminary. One day, Reverend Bonner came to me after class and said, I don't know how you get away with this. I said, I'm the professor. <laughs> you have to plan it. You have to plan it. And I, I put my students on the hot seat. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sometimes you're not going to like it when I tell you no, 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 you're doing it wrong but I hope that leads to people being helped and being brought to Christ because you learn the way to do it we have to learn the way to do it we have to plan to do it it's not too much to ask you to memorize 20 scripture verses no give up some of those TV shows they're not doing any good for you anyway. All they do is cooking food, and eating worms, fighting each other, teaching you bad language. Amen? And we said Tuesday, come here, we'll teach you good language. Amen. Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? All right, I'm having fun. I don't know about you. Speak and walk in Christ. Speak and walk in Christ. If you don't speak it, you don't tell it, somebody will not change. You think I'm lying? Jose, can you, can you stand? He's getting used to it already. <laughs> now, you look at this young man. You cannot look at him and say, oh, he's a nice looking young man with sunshade and nice. Oh, he's going to come to Christ on his own. Somebody had to tell him. And then when you begin to talk to him and you understand the life that he lived before, you say, yeah, you need Christ. 
Are you, do you see what the word can do in somebody's life? He's a testimony of what the word of God can do in somebody's life. Maybe see. That's why it's so important for us to share the word of God, to speak it, walk right, but talk right too. You got to open your mouth and you got to say it. You got to tell people the truth. People don't want the truth anymore. If you want to see a lot of churches where you can't find seats, they're probably churches where people just come so they can, they can have their eating ears filled up. Amen. But when you come here, we want to speak the word of God. Because the word of God brings life. It does not destroy you. It strengthens you. It helps you. Amen. Praise the Lord. 